it's time for Taking Care of Business on Midlands 183. With thanks to the local enterprise offices of Leash, Offaly and Westmeath. Find us on localenterprise.ie and let's talk business. Midlands 103. Hello and good evening. It's Tuesday evening. It's 7pm. It's Ronan Berry. This is Taking Care of Business on Midlands 103. Coming up between now and 8pm, I'm going to celebrate Chinese New Year with um, the head of the Department of uh, Accounting and Computing in Tuse at Lone. He came to, came to Ireland from China about 20 years ago. Great story, remarkable story. Currently head of department in Tuse there as well. He'll talk all about Chinese culture and indeed the Chinese community around the Midlands and what they do to mark the Year of the Dragon that began last Saturday. Also, a new tech hub for tech enthusiasts to connect, learn and, and innovate will launch in Port Leash on the 21st of February. It's called the Google Developer Group and it'll be the newest one in the country and I'll have all the details you need to know to get involved in that a little bit later in the show. We'll also look at that issue of or that whole idea of car-free town centres. Is it something that could actually happen in the Midlands? And what would you think? Would you support that? Is it a good move? Is it something that we should just knock on the head now and say it's never going to happen, it's never going to work? And if that's what you think, tell me why. 083 103, the text and WhatsApp number. Or you can email me business at midlands103.com and uh, let me know your thoughts on all of that. As always, delighted to have you as part of this evening's conversation. But to begin... Offaly County Council has just appointed a EU Just Transition Fund Tourism Activator. And that person is Mary Henzi. Mary joins me in the studio now. Very good evening, Mary. Hi, Ronan. Thank you for having me here. Mary, it's a lovely fancy title. What is an EU Just Transition Fund Tourism Activator? It's a very long title, uh, indeed. Um, I am here to assist with the EU Just Transition Fund Regenerative Tourism and Placemaking Scheme. Another big, long title. Um, I am here to work with and liaise with private and community SMEs to identify potential projects um, where they may be able to secure funding from this uh, Just Transition Fund, um, help people turn their ideas and their insights and their actions into practical projects and reality. Um, Also to identify supports that they may need. They may need supports with their business plan, um, creating a marketing plan and so on. So I liaise with the local enterprise office and Fulcher Ireland where appropriate. And really it's to keep the businesses and the communities informed about these grants and to guide them along the whole application uh, process to secure this funding. Are we at the actual application process now? Are we back at expression of interest stage? It opened back in August, so you the closing date for expressions of interest is in June, but you can apply whenever. So the sooner you get your expression of interest into Fulcher Ireland, the sooner they can assess it, review it, come back to you, approve it, hopefully, and then you move on to the application stage. So I have some uh, enterprises contacting me just to get some information on the whole scheme, just finding out about it. I have others who are filling out their expression of interest forms, others who are now at the application um, uh, uh, time. None of them have completed the application uh, process yet, but they are working on it, yeah. And are there any kind of criteria around any limitations in terms of how much funding can be looked for the particular type of projects or that? Or is it kind of like for people to really dig deep and, and use their imagination and see what they think will benefit the yeah. Midlands? Um, 
It's both. Uh, there is the whole de minimis limit on it. So de minimis funding is, you know, the amount of funding that you can uh, receive from a um, public, from a government uh, agency um, over three years. So they did raise that now there in January. So that has gone up to 300,000. So that kind of maximises the amount of funding. However, there are exceptions. And when Fáilte Ireland receive the applications, they will go through those with a fine tooth comb. And really, they're really looking for standout projects um, that will feed into the whole objectives of this scheme. And if they think there is something there that's really worth pursuing and supporting and more than 300,000 is needed, they will look at that. You know, it can go up to two million or so. However, I will just say that it is a maximum of 80% funding and then the applicant will need to match fund the, the remaining 20% so minimum. If somebody had that highly ambitious plan or if it was a consortium of companies or, or yeah. of individuals, you're looking at maybe an expression of interest to see, look, is this something that maybe could be back longer term? But if we take it back down to sort of the, the tourism or hospitality businesses around the Midlands at present who are looking at maybe just expanding, changing their offering, what kind of yeah. things would, would typically, do you think, catch the attention of, of, of the, the holders of this fund? OK, so there are under this fund that I'm looking, um, that I'm assisting with, which is the Investment uh, Grant Aid Scheme for Private and Community Enterprises. There are five categories uh, there. So the first category is the development or enhancement of sustainable visitor experiences. Um, So they can be new experiences, new visitor experiences or existing ones um, there that, as I said, want to enhance their offering um, or create something there uh, from scratch. Category two would be the development of uh, of sustainable low carbon uh, tourist accommodation. So again, there's very little accommodation, really tourist accommodation in the Midlands. It's lacking a little. So again, it needs to be sustainable. Um, so what come up with really creative ideas, uh, something that's a little bit different, that's getting people in touch with nature and their environment, and are using you know sustainable practices and processes throughout the throughout the project. Do you know if that would apply to a business maybe who is looking at, say, doing a, almost like say a retrofit project to, and maybe that might come under the category of yeah. retrofitting, but if you had an existing, you know, campsite or a, a project and you wanted to make it more sustainable or reduce its carbon footprint, is there is there an um, opportunity within this fund to apply for something like that? You can as long as you're increasing your capacity. Okay. So you need to increase the the bedheads, uh, the beds there really. Um, all what what I'll say as well is that there is a really really good document on Fulcher Ireland website where all the guidelines are there and it's easily accessible. Um, so because with every category, there's a lot of information for each category um, that we won't have time to go through tonight. But the guidelines are there for public viewing on the Fulcher Ireland website. And then, as I said, there is also category three, which is capital um, help with capital projects. The, one of the stipulations is, uh, say, for category one, which is the visitor experiences or developing accommodation, is that the new business has to be up and running by August 26. So that is a major challenge for anybody who doesn't have planning permission already in place. So if you don't have planning permission already in place, you 
it's highly unlikely you're going to be up and running by August 26. So you can then apply for uh, funding from Category 3, which will help you with the costs of planning and development. So uh, be it sustainability or um, feasibility studies, engineering reports, landscaping design, that sort of thing. The planning, the whole planning, uh, cost of planning uh, uh, permission process as well. So Category 3 will help those projects that real in reality won't be up and running That's by August. That's potentially a huge one too because anybody that may have an idea may have access to some land but actually getting that initial concept done the outline planning on it even to see whether you know scope it out yeah. is a huge undertaking for somebody Absolutely. on their own so like you can kind of get a sense of where the opportunity lies in this if you can get at least 80% of that covered yeah. it, it could leave it very attractive Absolutely. for people. Absolutely and then in your own time then you can go ahead uh, with that project and who knows, there may be other funding streams available by the time you have gone through the whole planning process and you have your all your design and everything there. Um, there may be other streams of funding available for that business um, later on. And I'll just say Category 4 is closed. That was dig- digital transformation. That's closed now. That was closed in January. That was 100% funded, that particular one. And then the last one is accessibility enhancements. Um, to improve the visitor's experience. And when I say accessibility, I'm not just talking about somebody in a wheelchair. I'm talking about the the, the mother with the buggy, somebody with hearing, you know, um, challenges and so on. And if you can make your business more accessible, you're opening up a bigger market there um, and like access to more revenue and that too. So existing businesses... Um, who are not eligible for some of the other categories, such as hotels and restaurants, they can actually apply for category three and make their hotel, their visitor experience, their boat that, you know, takes tours out in the Shannon. Um, they can make all of those more, get funding to make those more accessible. There, it appears little limits in terms of the imagination or the creativity you can yeah. bring to this too. What's the process like? I know you've mentioned you have kind of companies at different stages. Is it very cumbersome that we all expect or is it like a lot of these things actually not quite as hard because we've got tourism activators all across the, the Midlands yeah. now? That's right. We are in Leash, Westmead, Offaly, Longford, Roscommon um, and soon uh, parts of Kildare, Tipperary and um, uh, Galway. So we are there to assist. Now the expression of interest form is not so bad and I'll be straight up the application form um, there's a lot of information required but there's a lot of money to access so this is public money so they can't just throw it away they have to make sure that the businesses that are are getting funded and getting supported are viable businesses that they will operate up a minimum of five years after they receive the funding um, and also that they are sustainable as in like that viable business, but also sustainable as in green. Um, So you will have to produce detailed business plans, tax clearance certs, uh, P&Ls, marketing plans and so on for the application. Which is no different than getting funding through the Leos to Enterprise Ireland from a bank, etc. Just from the bank you have to do all this. But yet this is, it's it's a unique opportunity for businesses. I think that's an important point. Well, unlike going to a bank and you have to repay it, all all the money back plus interest. With this, you can get up to eighty percent funding, and you you 
have uh, to produce then the 20%. So it's an absolutely fantastic opportunity for the Midlands. I mean, nobody, the rest of the country are not getting this and there is 17 million there and we don't want to give it back to Europe. We want to try and keep it in the Midlands and develop the whole tourism industry here in the Midlands uh, because there's so much potential. And what I'm finding when I go out talking to to um, potential applicants is that sometimes they don't actually realise what they have on their doorstep or they're looking at their project and they're thinking like t- the tunnel vision, this is all I can do. And then you're going, but what about this and what about that? And look where you, you are and you know, what about connecting with the business, the tourism business up the road or the accommodation provider down the, down wherever close by and work together and create. We want to create clusters as well, because if we can create clusters of experiences, we can attract people to our area, but then we can also keep them in our area so that they'll stay and they'll spend a decent amount of time and hopefully lots of revenue, you know, creating revenue as well here. Yeah, obviously a huge opportunity. You mentioned some other counties there, but say the ones closest to us, Leash, Regina yeah. Dunn, is a tourism activator That's there, right. Westmead, Amy O'Connor, and, and recently announced in Longford, of course, uh, certain Kieran Maluli. So yeah, and we have Gillian and, yeah, and Gillian Roscommon. Yeah, yeah, so these, these people are out there, they're on the ground. For people yeah. in Offaly, Mary, who'd like to get in touch with yourself, how can they do that? You can get in touch with me. I'm based up in the RS there in Tullamore in the County Council office. So my email address is mhensey. M-H-E-N-S-E-Y at awfullyco.ie. That's awfullyco.ie. And also there's loads of information on the Falcha Ireland website. Perfect. Well, all I can say is what are people waiting for? Mary Hensey, EU Just Transition Fund Tourism Activator for Offaly County Council. Thanks for coming this evening. And uh, I think that email will be hopping tomorrow morning. Well done and fair play <laughs> and all the very best in, in the all right, role thanks, too. thanks Rona. Time now for a quick break. After that you're going to meet a man who came to Ireland about 20 years ago from China and um, hear about his story um, how he became to become a head of department at Tous at Lone and uh, what Chinese New Year means to both him and the Chinese community how to celebrate it and the influence that the Chinese community have around the Midlands. That's coming very shortly. Taking care of business with thanks to the local enterprise offices of Leash, Offaly and Westmead. Find us on localenterprise.ie and let's talk business. Uh, still to come on Taking Care of Business this evening, we'll have a look at that whole idea of ta- car-free town centres in Midlands Town. Towns. Is that something that could work? Would you agree? Would you support it? Is it inevitable or is it something that we should just knock on the head right now and say, let's forget that and move on? Also, you'll hear about a new hub for tech enthusiasts that's about to open in Port Leash. It's part of the Google Developer Group and it'll be the newest one in the country. There's official opening take place taking place next week. I'll have all the details of that in about 10 or 12 minutes. So stay tuned and stick tight for that. Um, over the weekend, last Saturday in particular, was the beginning of the Lunar New Year, also known as Chinese New Year, and it begins the start of the Year of the Dragon. And, um, you know, often we probably underestimate the impact that the Chinese community has across Ireland and indeed across the Midlands. So I'm delighted to be joined, Stephen, by a man who first came to Ireland, I think about 20 years ago. And his story begins, well, he came from China, but his story begins in all places in Drogheda. Bernard Tautui, how did you end up in Drogheda after coming all the way from China? Uh, hi, Ronan. Thank you for having me here and happy Lunar New Year. Uh, look, 
20 years ago, and I was looking to study abroad. And Ireland seems to be like one of my uh, parents of France knows, knows Ireland really well. And she, she, she told me Ireland is a nice country, English speaking, and which uh, has really high quality education system. So I came over here, firstly enjoyed it doing English language for three months. And then I made my way to Athlone and uh, never left and still here after nearly 20 years. Of course, interesting time to come to Ireland. Things were still very much in what we'd call the boom. You know, country was quite vibrant. It was money flowing. Uh, interesting time to, to arrive in, in Ireland. What was it like at first when you came here? Was it Did it meet the expectations that your parents had had, had for it? Yes, but I got awful shock on the way from the airport to the uh, to the host family I had. At the, that day, I had to, like uh, arranged the taxi driver picked picked me up at um, at the airport, and he was on the motorway from the uh, airport to the uh, the host family. He was driving while eating a burger, so I, I got an awful shock over that. But joke joking aside. Like you know, my first impression of Ireland was was fantastic. Was green everywhere, and people seems to be uh, like very friendly and uh, like you know uh, good manners. Like you know, so I, I like I never regret the decision of coming over to Ireland. Did you do you come from a highly a densely populated part of China or a more rural area? I kept joking with my friends. I said I came from a very small town in China, <laughs> but we have we have half million population. Yeah, tiny town, <laughs> tiny, tiny town. town. Yeah, half the population of Dublin, half. effectively. Yeah, but I suppose small by by Chinese standards. Yes, you came to Atlone then to begin your your undergraduate degree. I yeah, I did. I came to Atlone in September two thousand four. Uh, study. Uh, uh, first, firstly, I, s- I studied the foundation program, and then moved on. Did my degree in accounting, and became a qualified accountant, and worked in industry and practice over the last twenty years. And yet, included roles with companies such as RBK, kind yeah. of big, high-profile, good, 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 good organizations. How did you begin then your career in in what would have been? Probably was at Loan Institute of Technology, but wasn't RTC days, was it? No, 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 IT no. Days. How, no. How did you get into at Loan first into into Institute of Technology? Uh, yeah, like look, and um, uh, like if you recall back then, uh, there's not too many colleges and universities offer accounting program. I, I, I like I. I'm always want to. Uh, I like business. I, I like like working in business. Why kind of qualified or why finished my degree? And I felt back then and still feel the same thing. Accounting is something can can kind of accelerate my career and can I can bring that qualification to me or with me to everywhere. Like you know, so that's why I like I choose that long, given the reputation of the accounting program. Like you know, in AIT back then. So afterwards, after you'd graduated, you know, your career took you certain directions. You came back then because a job opening came. It was nice, I'd say, to to land back in and again and, and begin initially as a lecturing role because I suppose I let people know that's how I first met you a number of years back, about yeah. three, four years ago. I was yeah. doing a master's in engineering yeah. and uh, you unfortunately had, you had the privilege of being my lecturer for finance, one of my strongest subjects. I, I did, I did. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And um, look, after working in industry for many years, first of all, I want to say I always enjoy teaching and I always uh, worked with the international students in Atlong IT uh, back then and I really enjoyed working with them and um, 
like after working in the industry, I saw a job opening in at Long IT back then, and I applied for it. And、um, lucky enough, I got the job. And、um, yeah, I'm still like I did the job for I did the lecture job for two years, and then last year,、uh, the head of departmental HOD job came up, and、uh, I felt like you know I could make a positive contribution to the department, and so I I went for the job, and lucky enough, I got the job as well. Yeah, big responsibility, nice role. Many many people, approximately in, under you, under you in terms of、uh, staff and students. Yeah, like we have.、Um, About twenty、uh, three full time staff, and then、uh, about ten to fifteen part time staff in the department. I have about treat four hundred, sorry, four about four hundred students in my department. And look, it is a lot of responsibility, but again, it's a privilege、uh, to work with them. Like you know, and I felt like、um, uh, every day is a different challenge, which is really, really interesting. And was over the last couple of years, even there's been a lot of change in terms of education. You know, we've gone through those years of COVID where education effectively went online too. So there's lots of additional challenges to navigate too.、Uh, yeah, it is. Like there are, there are. Especially COVID changed a lot of things, and、uh, but look, we work as a team, and、uh, like you know, we.、Uh, We adapt, we we learn, and we 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 innovate, like you know. But、um, uh, like you know, that gave us like、uh, positive feedbacks from the students and from the community. So yeah, I still very felt very lucky, like you know, to navigate all that, all that kind of like、uh, to be a head of department in TUS at long, and to navigate with the team through those issues, like you know. Is there a strong Chinese community around the Midlands? Yes, and、uh, I think college played an important role, or university now played an important role uh, in that, um, uh, in that、um, to create a strong Chinese community in Atlong and in Midlands. And in terms of even as as early as early two thousand, the college、uh, AIT went to China. Established a partnership with Chinese universities and Chinese colleges, bringing the Chinese students to Midland, and a lot of them went back to China since. But like a portion of them stayed in Atlong and in the towns around Atlong as well, and they are hardworking and、uh, diligent and intelligent people, and they 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 make positive contributions to. To to the Midland and、uh, to the Atlone community as well, and many like yourselves have you know begun to call Ireland home. You've started raising your families here as well. So like your own children, then did they consider themselves Chinese Irish, Irish Chinese, Irish? Where did they sit on that? And and、uh, I suppose we're going to touch on Chinese culture now. Like how do you put work into kind of really maintaining those links with 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 home and with China?、Uh, yes, like.、Um Personally, I do. I, I see a lot of my、uh, my friends. They they have children as well. They do the same thing as well. They, we try our best to make sure that our children、uh, aware that they are kind of Chinese origin and、uh, to be they are aware of Chinese culture, Chinese language. And we in Atlong, we before COVID, we have this、um, Chinese language schools, and which、um, educating kind of、uh, younger people between five to eleven, twelve years old. Every Saturday, they have a school organized in Northgate Street in Atlong, and they learn Chinese culture 
culture and learn Chinese language there as well. Yeah, and even like you know, going back to the Chinese New Year, my parents and ourselves. And make sure we celebrate the Chinese New Year. We want to let our children. My, I have a daughter. She's ten years old. Let her know this is her culture, and like even her English is better than her Chinese at the moment. But like still, we we try our best to make sure that she is aware of everything is going on in China at the moment. For people who may not really be aware, how how important is celebrating the beginning of Chinese New Year? It it, it is、uh, Chinese New Year. I like you know I. I Don't want to make the make the comparison, but I think it's bigger than Christmas in Ireland, and、uh, Chinese New Year is a fifteen two weeks celebration, and like in China, people may work in different town, different city, but coming to the Chinese New Year's Chinese New Year's time, they always travel back home. They spend this time, the Chinese Chinese New Year time, with their family. They can this. Reunion or like you know,、uh, celebrating the Chinese New Year as a family is really important. You probably heard on the news or read on the newspaper there,、uh, this Chinese New Year Spring Festival travel rush is a phenomenal in China, and during a short period of forty days, there's about three hundred fifty million people and on the road traveling back to home. Wow, and and they they it's really really huge. Huge kind of like、um, event. You compared it in some ways to Christmas, and、um, you people look at the Christmas season now, and there's often a lot of talk about it's lost its kind of religious significance, or it's losing it. It's becoming more commercialized. Has Chinese New Year does it remain the same, or is it, is is it also getting very commercialized, or is it still kind of grounded in those earlier roots? It, it's become more commercialized. Like you know, I, I can see that trend. Like you know, we know、uh, the business,、uh, the, the big corporations will make sure there be more commercial element into the Chinese New Year. But still, we're going back to、uh, like the, the rules. Like we we also、uh, put a great emphasis on the family, on the family values during this season. But again, like you know. It, it is certainly influenced by 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 the big corporations that the business are there as well. Like you know, at the moment, this year is the year of the dragon. Yes, What does that mean. Yeah, the, the dragon. You probably like heard about the Chinese zodiac. There's a twelve、uh, animal signs in there. Dragon is the fifth one, and dragon is special in Chinese culture. And uh, back, uh, we had empires in China. Only the empire could wearing. Uh, dragon and couldn't have dragon as,、uh, like you know, as a、um, uh, decorative kind of symbol in his his kind of place, and dragon in China are symbol of power, strength, good fortune in Chinese mythology, and people who born in the year of dragon, which is this year, and normally be deemed as、uh, as like you know have favorable opportunities and will achieve something bigger in their career. And personally, they may have, they may be very ambitious, may may be very courage. So it's a good year for having babies in China, like our <laughs> <laughs> our babies in Ireland. Our babies in Ireland too, yeah. As well, yeah. From from on a personal level, you know, does the animal or the of the, of the zodiac does it does it help you inform your own kind of motivations or goals for the year ahead, or is it largely more looking at the newborns who come into the, into the world this year? I I think. Subconsciously, yes, we like you know. We always feel like we always like the year of dragon, and will give us a 
bit of good fortune throughout the year, uh, maybe personal life and the career as well. And I, I think that is certainly gave us the positive thinking in our head. And everybody think this is a good year. If you recall after COVID, everybody going through a bit of tough time. And this is a good kind of positive influence on our mind at least. I think mind, positive mind will yield somehow positive results. So we might see you as a dean of the faculty by the end of the year if your little dragon comes out as well. <laughs> and as well, back to that, the, 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 the recent kind of um, creating of the Technological University of the Shannon in Athlone as well, um, bringing benefits for the area? Yes, I certainly, uh, like, you know, I can see a lot of potential, like there's a lot of benefit we already seen. And also I can see that there's a lot huge potentials in the future in terms of like the skill development and like the Midland and any, in fact, any region need a kind of skilled workforce um, to achieve the economic growth. And uh, as a university, we can offer uh, courses, uh, tailored courses to local business, to local industry and provide trainings in areas such as engineering, accounting, finance, business, environmental science, and producing graduates with relevant skills to accelerate the development of the region. And we also can see that um, uh, having a university provide provide opportunities through innovation and uh, industry partnership, we can kind of diversify the the region's kind of industry or like economy, if I may use that word, and we don't want over reliance on industries such as agriculture and manufacturing. And having a university there gave us opportunity to diversify into technology, renewable energy, and advanced manufacture as well. And also having a university there is beneficial for infrastructure and connectivity as well. And the university can advocate for infrastructure infrastructure improvement such as road connections and broadband I think it's beneficial for the region and even that the range of courses and education available at all levels undergraduate postgrad even lifelong learning there and um, even from a carbon footprint perspective if people can reduce the journeys that we traditionally made to colleges and, and do what we can in the midlands and you say the the benefits are there to be to be seen and to be to be heard as well congratulations and everything and all the very best for the year ahead bernard thank you same to you bernard how there is the head of the department of accounting and business computing at the technological university shannon in atlone as i said it all began for a couple of months in drahada way back in 2004 and uh, again bernard is a great example of how people from the chinese community are having such a hugely positive impact on the midlands as well. Congratulations Bernard again. Happy New Year and uh, time now for a quick break. After that I'm going to introduce you to one of the organisers of a new hub for tech enthusiasts in County Leash. It's going to launch on the 21st of February. Find out all about that in just a couple of moments. Taking care of business. With thanks to the local enterprise offices of Leash, Offaly and Westmeath. Find us on localenterprise.ie and let's talk business. So to come before the end of the show we'll have a look at car-free towns in Tullamore and see if that is something that is Feasible? Is it viable for the Midlands too? We'll have the input from one of the Chambers of Commerce and we'll also talk to a local retailer as well and see what their view on that might be. But before that, I want to bring your attention to a new tech hub that is opening in Port Leash. It's part of the Google Developer Group and it'll be the newest one in the country. And to find out more about what the Google Developer Groups actually are, I might be joined by one of the coordinators and one of the key people behind this group in Port Leash. He's Yehor Gerasimchuk as well, and he joins me on the line now. Uh, good afternoon or good evening. 
Yes, Zoom works. Yeah. That's the main thing. We've been we've been having a text battle over the last twenty minutes trying to get Zoom working. It's working there. Yeah, Hor, how are you? Very good evening to you. Oh, I'm good, and you? I'm just uh, sitting here. I'm I'm really happy to hear you. Perfect. Tell us about the Google Developer Group, as opposed to begin with. Um, how did it first come about, and what are their objectives? Uh, Google Developer Group uh, is a global initiative uh, by, surprisingly, Google to establish uh, tech communities where technology enthusiasts, ranging from developers, tech professionals and hobbies, can come together to share knowledge, learn about the latest technological advancements and collaborate on initiative projects. Yeah, uh, and if we are talking about uh, our event, we want to bring this GDG and create our own GDG in Portlaoise and uh, launch our first event next week. Why Portlaoise? Uh, why Portlaoise? Because uh, <laughs> it is really a good question. Uh, because there is nothing in uh, Midlands, uh, as far as we know, where people can talk and gather just, uh, you know, professional, like-minded, tech enthusiasts. Uh, they need to go to Dublin. Uh, each conference uh, happens only in Dublin, if we're talking about Ireland. There is nothing uh, locally, located locally. So we decided to create our own space where people uh, can have fun network and learn something new. So you're probably going to tap into that network of people who are working with companies around the Port Leash and Leash area in general in the Midlands, but also I assume there's a lot of people who are working remotely for companies up in Dublin or maybe further afield who, again, can tap into that network and share that knowledge and, and maybe you know meet new people, build new partnerships. Yes, of course, it's a big problem. Uh, a lot of people working remotely and, you know, uh, we like to work remotely, but we want to gather sometimes uh, somewhere. Uh, and it is great if there would be a chance to gather not in Dublin, but just uh, not far away from home uh, in Portlaoise. Is there a typical profile of a member or is, you know, is people of all skills, all abilities, even someone who's only starting out in tech career? Is, is, a, is this a place for them as well? Uh, yes, of course, uh, this, uh, this is a place for everyone, even if you're if a person not uh, a professional, not a de- developer, just starting to, mm, to learn something new. Uh, we are open to all of them, uh, so everyone can uh, come to our first event and just uh, see uh, what is going on in tech. This first event, anyway, it's taking place on the 21st of February. It's taking place next week in the Cube, a low-carbon centre in Port Leash. Tell us a bit more about it, what's going to be taking place and how can people learn about it? Oh, yes. Uh, our first event uh, is going to be, as you said, on 21st of February at 6pm in FRS Cube. And uh, people can just Google, I think, the GDG Portage. And uh, they can find uh, our um, official page. The registration is free of charge, so you just need to register uh, on a form. Just uh, it, uh, it takes only one minute to burn it, so it's really easy uh, to register. Um, 
this uh, we encourage anyone interested in technology to join us in celebrating this chapter for the tech community in Portlaoise. So, and if we're talking about uh, next event uh, that uh, there is an agenda. Uh, there will be three speakers. Uh, Jordan Harrison, uh, he's a founder of, and organizer of DDG Portlish. He will open this event, tell us more about what is going on, uh, what is going next events. Uh, then uh, there would be a Nile Marker. He is a founder of Kodu. He will tell us how to become a CTO from a front end. And then... Uh, I will also tell a great story how to create a project from uh, how to build a um, from a pet project to the one million customers and uh, make it profitable. So take uh, I will talk about startups and so on. Wow, that's uh, that's straight in. Like it's not it's not just a nice couple of drinks and tea and coffee. That is straight into a bit of work and a bit of homework as well. And sounds like something anybody that's in that tech space that's looking to connect with people and learn from people like yourselves and those other speakers you mentioned. It sounds like the place to be. Yeah, Horace, thank you so much for coming on this evening. Sounds like a fascinating group as well, and undoubtedly one we're going to hear a lot more about down the line. But uh, all the very best with it, and uh, talk to you soon again. Thank you. And if you want to find out more about that there, it is a, a Google Developer Group, Google Developer Group Portleash or GDG Portleash. And uh, just look them up there, find out. And uh, as Yehor says, there are lots happening there, a place for, place for people to meet, to share skills, to learn new skills, for partnerships and to learn from people who've been there and done that in the tech world as well. And it's coming to Portleash 21st of February. That's next Wednesday, 6 p.m., free to attend. What more information do you need? Time now for a quick break. After that, car-free town centres in the Midlands. Is it possible? Could it work? Let's try and find out. Taking care of business. With thanks to the local enterprise offices of Leash, Offaly and Westmead. Find us on localenterprise.ie and let's talk business. Before the break, I was talking about the Google Developer Group Port Leash that's launching next Wednesday, 21st of February. It's free to attend. Check out GDG Port Leash for all the details there and how to register but speaking of free-to-attend events, the Midlands 103 2024 Green Home and Energy Show is taking place in the Tullamore Court Hotel this coming Sunday, the 18th of February. It'll showcase a stunning new IV5 from Column Quinn BMW and many other EVs too. You also have a chance to win hotel stays. You could win a pallet of prizes from Origna Fuels. Discover how you can keep your diesel engine but still cut harmful emissions with HVO. Lots happening, including details on retrofitting and how to make your house more energy efficient and answer all those queries you might have about decarbonising and about saving a few pounds at the end of the day. Isn't that what it's all about? Now, when it comes to decarbonising and reducing emissions, Dublin city centre is going effectively car-free from next August. Is this something that could work in Mullingarwell? Delighted now to be joined by John Gagan, the spokesperson on economic development, enterprise and tourism at Mullingar Chamber. And uh, John will be followed by retailer Anthony Kearns of Guy Clothing and Code in Tullamore. John, is this something that we're likely to see in the Midlands in the near future? I don't think we will in that short a period of time, but I do think that there will be public consultation about this to see is it possible to decarbonise and reduce traffic in the town centre. And it seems to be a European policy going back a number of years where they've tried to slow down traffic to go into town centres and reduce the volume of traffic in town centres. And the long-term goal here is to eradicate town centres of car traffic, which is not really practical in, in the way Mullingar operates and a lot of towns operate. But we're going to have to be very creative around how we deal with this issue. I think in Paris, actually, uh, on Sunday, tomorrow, they're due to vote on whether they're going to triple the charging 
cost for people with SUVs so the SUVs are coming into sharp focus now as well our towns, oh, our yeah. towns are built around the roads so we have to almost reverse engineer things now as well so do you think that that's where it used to come in terms of like local policy and design and, and well, if, you, if you look at Mullingar's example I mean we have a very good link road around the town so you, you can actually get around the edges of town fairly efficiently and you can get around the edge of the town centre relatively efficiently but it's a massive transition to go from being able to drive up and down the main street to not being able to drive up and down the main street and the, 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 the most affected people from this I think would be retailers and I think the council and the authorities need to be extremely cognizant of retailers because it's, it's one of the most challenging business spaces in the economy and, and if, if we completely eradicate traffic in the town centre it may lead to a loss of footfall in town centres Let's put that to a retailer as well Anthony Kearns is the owner of Guy Clothing and Code in Tullamore Anthony would you agree with John that this could be another another blow towards retail if we were to go car free in town centres Good morning Ronan Ronan and everyone listen um, yeah look I, 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 kinda, I agree with John in terms of the, the, the deck nail of the town centre and I disagree that's something we have to look at in the short to medium term if you look at two examples at the moment where it's, it's happened or happening in the Midlands and talk to retailers or, or managers of shopping centres which have car parking but the knock-on effect of allowing not easy access. Portlaoise Main Street and Portlaoise Traders Association will tell you this. The town, the Main Street in Portlaoise is dead and gone. It doesn't exist anymore as a retail area because of what they did over the last 10 or 15 years. I currently have a unit in Athlone, um, Church Street and Sean Costa Street. There was a, a, a meme up a few weeks ago. Athlone Town Traders had it up. For, you have to take it in the light as in because obviously if someone lost a, a loved one recently, it might be taken in a different vein, but it was a headstone and it was the death of Church Street at Lone. And basically it was just saying that Church Street and Sean Cost Street and that Lone has been destroyed. So you cannot now go through from Dunn Stores on, on Sean Costa Street down to the Shannon on, Chur- on Church Street. That is now being pedestrianised, in, 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 not in all parts, but a certain part of it. But since September of last year, it's blocked off completely for cars and traffic. And the footpath is about three foot wide at the moment. Now it will be pedestrianised and reopened whenever it's finished. But if you go from Dunn Stores to the uh, Corner House Bistro, which was a fantastic business in own, there's only six premises left now since last September. Now, some were empty before that, but fibre, so like a pharmacy is closing next week on that street, like pharmacies people need. So there's two elements. One is it doesn't work, it won't work, and it can't work because people need... We're not a European city with the climates that these countries have. And two, you think of a 60, 70-year-old person who wants to get to a chemist, they can't be relying on a car park two miles away. And the other big thing, particularly in relation to Dublin, Ronan, we don't have... Like, Eamon Ryan is delusional, and I don't think anyone can disagree with me on that. Right, in a lot of his merits. He wants us to carpool from the country into town to work and the carpool to school. All nonsensical uh, reasons. But you think of Dublin city centre. We can't get a train or a Lewis or a Dart or whatever from Dublin airport in 2024 into Dublin city centre. Yeah. I spoke about it on Will's show last week um, where something came up about... Um, a green policy and I said like I'm in Dublin at the moment buying for autumn for Christmas 2024 I have to drive to Dublin because I can't get off at Houston Station yeah. and get a Lewis to any of the areas I want to go and which will be I, a lot more and I, for me. You, and I say loads of people as well are bringing you know family members even up for appointments if you have to go to somewhere like say Sandyford yeah. like if it's, it's almost a day trip if you go on public transport where you can do it in sort of a three hour turnaround in a car and that's a challenge 100% do you think with our town so centres go the horse do, again. yeah but do, do our councils need to take a big move here create out of town car parks and just have buses just, run, just float in the town passing your shop every 15 minutes 
minutes every 10 minutes just that people that can hop on way it could conceivably work but it's not every hour or every two hours it has to be every 50 minutes hop on hop off, off both affordable and sustainable both for the economy for the climate and for the person using it where they like it's wheelchair accessible it's there's somebody there to help an older person on it's kid friendly with both, like it, there's a whole like it just can't happen overnight can't happen overnight. That's the view of Anthony Kearns there, the owner of Guy in Code Clothing in Tullamore and Statement in Athlone. They also heard from John Gagan there from Mullingar Chamber. So it sounds like something that's not going to work straight away. Are the guys opposed to it long term? Well, I don't think they'll be totally opposed to it, but a lot more has to happen in the meantime since a conversation that'll go on for a long time, undoubtedly. That's it though for me for this evening. I'll talk to you next week. Joe's here with Country Roads after news at 8. Talk to you soon. Taking care of business returns next Tuesday at 7pm with the local enterprise offices of Leash, Offaly and Westmeath. Find us on localenterprise.ie and let's talk business. Bedlands 101.